Hey guys, this is Mike Mahaffey, the old bastard BJJ guy, here for BJJ Mental Models. Back in my day, we had to walk uphill in the snow both ways to get to the academy just to learn some crappy technique from a random purple belt. You kids have it so easy, because now you can just subscribe to BJJ Mental Models Premium and get tons of great audio courses to learn new techniques, enhance your mindset, and entertain yourself. You can even get personalized rolling reviews from some of your favorite BJJ Mental Models coaches, including me. It's like having your own seminar, you spoiled little whippersnappers. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to BJJ Mental Models Premium right now, get off my lawn, and go train. Hey, welcome to BJJ Mental Models episode 42. I'm Steve Kwan, and this week we have something different for you. We are going to be talking with Oliver Taza from the Danaher Death Squad. Oliver is an ADCC competitor. He dropped by. He shared a lot of his knowledge with us about competing at the highest levels of competition. I think you're really going to like it. Now, a word of warning. We recorded this at a gym. I did my best to strip out the background noise, but you might hear a bit of it. That said, I think it's a good conversation. I think you'll learn a lot. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to BJJ Mental Models Podcast. This is episode 42. Uh, I'm Matt Kwan. I'm Steve Kwan. And today we have a very special guest uh, from TriStar Montreal and part of the Danaher Death Squad is Oliver Taza. So welcome, Oliver. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah we're just recording here in uh, Burnaby, BJJ, British yeah. Columbia, and Oliver is... Uh, graced us with his presence. He's in Vancouver for a week and I've had some opportunities to train with him and it's really fantastic training. So uh, luckily we're able to get him in for a podcast and we're going to talk about uh, the levels of BJJ, how to achieve the next level and just shoot the shit about his ADCC performance. And yeah, that's yeah. a good time here. Exactly. First, why don't you tell us about yourself? Yeah. So um, about myself. Yeah. <laughs> Open-ended question. Huh? <laughs> well, how long have you trained jiu-jitsu for? Um, so I started doing uh, mixed martial arts actually. Yeah. I was uh, I started in September. I'm not sure which. I think 2012, 2014. I'm not really not sure. That's when you started I martial arts. It was the year because I used to follow soccer big time. I remember it was the year. So if anybody is listening to this and wants to do a bit of research, it's the year Spain beat Italy in the finals of the Euro. I remember it was that summer, um, and that's when I used to live in in, in one neighborhood in. Montreal, and it was close to where I was playing soccer. So he moved to a further neighborhood, which actually ended up being close to TriStar. And then, you know, commuting to, to soccer and getting to the games and practice was a bit hard. So I remember one day I got cut from the college team. I wanted to make the college team soccer. And I didn't make it, so I was like, fuck, I was pretty discouraged. So instead of going to practice, commuting like for an hour, um, I decided to go try like see what TriStar is all about. I used to bike around the city. So I biked to, I biked to TriStar, which is between where I was and um, home. And I stopped by and I met, you know Alex, the guy that was with me? Yeah. I met him. And then I started there. Cool. And for those who obviously don't know, TriStar is a world-famous gym in Montreal. Uh, uh, head coach for us, Sahabi, who's a John Danaher black belt. Yeah. And he's taught many mixed martial arts uh, fighters, including George St. Pierre and... Uh, He's got a lot of great young grapplers. Oliver Taz is one of them. Ethan Kreliston is yeah. uh, another one. Uh, I've been following you yeah. guys for a few years. so Yeah, and we honestly, we'd have a lot more guys, in my opinion, if 
the freaking jujitsu was legal in Quebec. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You guys, <laughs> I think we talked about that on an earlier podcast. It's about, retarded, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it is just absolutely baffling. I mean, it, it's just a combat sport, yeah. right? I think they're trying to do the same thing in Australia, too. They're trying to outlaw, they consider like boxing, mm-hmm. MMA, and jujitsu all as sort of the same thing, but it's it's really not the boxing. same thing. Boxing too. Yeah, I think so. that's what I remember hearing in Australia. They were trying to do something it's like weird that because boxing is an Olympic sport, and usually it's like yeah, 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 like an Olympic sport or something like that. That's what happened in Montreal. It's so bizarre because there's no striking. I mean, what exactly is controversial about jujitsu? I've never understood that, but Dude, yet it's a competition that you go to like in the day with families with kids. I know selling acai bowls. Like, <laughs> it, it is the most fr- like it is weirdly friendly. I was reading a uh, something on Reddit today where the guy was talking about how he just started jujitsu. And he found it so weird because everyone's so friendly. And you go to like a boxing gym or a judo gym, and or everyone, these gym. people are all—they're all mean. They're all a bunch of yeah. badasses. But jujitsu is just all hugs and it's friendly. All a bunch and, of nerds, man. Look it is. <laughs> I was in—I uh, was in Amsterdam. I was doing—I um, went there for rehab. I was um, teaching at Fight IQ, and they were organizing a show, and it was kickboxing and jujitsu. And you could tell the kickboxing crowd was pretty—is different. Dutch style kickboxing usually involves more like, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's things like that. It could go there. Jiu-jitsu, you rarely, you rarely hear stories. Yeah. Like, you know? Unless Half is there. <laughs> oh, boy. They might, might suck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Half Gracie. Half Gracie. Yeah, yeah when he yeah. suckered, uh, who's it? Uh, Flavio actually, Almeida? It was, um, yes, Flavio Almeida. What, what actually happened there? I didn't, I, didn't uh, I don't recall the exact specifics, but they were at a tournament. Um, it was Nogi Worlds. They, and they were having a confrontation. Flavio, I think he like turned around and Half sucker punched him in the back of the head. Because Flavio, like I, believe, I believe he opened a school in Half's territory or something like that. So it, okay. yeah, it's just... <laughs> yeah. No, I heard. I'm not sure, but I heard like Hansel had like kind of a falling out with them a bit. Yeah, they well, didn't agree on certain things. Yes, I, I think so because I remember seeing online Hanzo was kind of taking Half's side. It looked like. Yeah, so, he, uh, he was trying not to just come out and just get right on the bandwagon, but clearly yeah. he was he was not willing to disown yeah. him. I'm not going to name who, but I've, I've heard several gyms having you know like disagreements. I would say with the with the GB. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's pretty. It's pretty obvious. Like even in our city. GB is kind of the the gym that sticks to itself. You know, mm-hmm. they have they have a competition series called CompNet, where basically yep. only GB members can can compete, yep. which I think is kind of sort of like, defeats the purpose. It right? Defeats the purpose of competition, right? Yeah. Like you can you compete in the gym with each other every day, and then you go and you compete with other GBs. It's like. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, and I know I know a lot of our members, uh, listeners are probably GB members. So yeah, I mean, hey, it's like you, you, that's too you. bad. Yeah, it's, <laughs> any competition is better than no competition, but I think an open community is better than people going off into their own little corners, right? I mean, I've trained at a bunch of GBs, and they were mm-hmm. all awesome. Like there's one in Montreal, West Island. They have really good guys, super cool, super mm-hmm. open, friendly, a bit like here. Yeah, and then there's also I did a month at Homolos. That was a yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that is like the GB, one of the yeah. great GBs. I know there's another one in Texas that's really good. Those, those are the ones I heard from. So mm-hmm. there's obviously really good, really good competitors and a really good team. Mm-hmm. Nice so places. But you see, like this is pretty similar to what happened in Montreal with the Jiu Jitsu. Two guys had like a conflict, like altercation. They weren't getting mm-hmm. along, and it's just ego and then two guys one told on the other that had a competition or something like that they involved the police and then boom now there's no comp no uh no jiu-jitsu yeah, yeah this is the problem that i have with uh, uh, jiu-jitsu in general is that schools get really tribal and there's always these falling outs like I, I have never in my life seen as many falling outs as i see in jiu-jitsu it's just like nobody can get along so for the long term yeah, yeah. like what 
like what you saw yesterday at Roll Academy. Roll Academy is a is a really beautiful gym in North Vancouver. We were yeah. all training there yesterday. With, beautiful uh, is an understatement. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like an art gallery. It, it looks like art of jujitsu, basically. Yeah, but yeah. um, but like that was a that was an example of how open the community can be. Where you know we had people from four different schools all coming together to train. Yeah. Uh, ben Dyson was there. He's also an ADCC veteran. Yeah. And um, and that's that's like not really what it was like five five years ago. Yeah, there was yeah. a huge falling out, and and there was a lot of drama in the community before 100 man yeah. i feel like collaborating with others is, is mm-hmm. the the way to go like uh like you guys were mentioning i oh, want to talk about plateaus but that's one one way you can come yeah. over you know yeah. you're training with the same same people let's say yeah nobody drops in you know, the same guys you're doing the same thing yeah you're gonna mm-hmm. be dealing with this similar problems you get comfortable i yeah. you know i i found this too because when i started um mm-hmm. i trained up until blue belt i i actually trained at a gracie baja and then i switched and yeah you just get to a point where you've been training with the same people for so long and it's not even that they're you know it's not that there's a they're not good but it's mm-hmm. just you fall into these patterns and you're training with people you're comfortable with and you fall into a game plan that you just don't ever deviate from and sure. eventually you realize you're not you're not really learning you're just kind of going there and you're doing the same thing every day yeah. and i think you know matt you've talked about this before sometimes you really have to shuffle the deck like you have to break out of your comfort zone and just go find an instructor who can take you to the next level because sometimes what got you to where you are is not the same thing that's going to get you to the next step so so like when you started training oliver like did you know right away you wanted to compete because for me, I started as a hobbyist and I, I was maybe thinking I would train like one day a week, two days a week. <laughs> and then, and then after a month I realized like, Oh, okay. No, I like, I want to do this more. I, I'm starting to feel guilty if I can't make it to training. Mm-hmm. And then about four or five months in, I started thinking about doing a competition and now I, I try and compete like monthly if possible. Right. Yep. Uh, so did you always think that you were going to do competition? Like that was your goal from the beginning? I was competing already. I was uh, already playing like for school with the soccer i was already playing for the city so competing was already something i was doing mm-hmm. uh, when i stopped soccer i didn't compete right away but i was like yeah i'd like to try it well, yeah I, I went from mma then i switched to boxing for a year okay. boxing I, I wanted to compete you know i wanted to have matches yeah. so yeah. i did a couple and then i switched back to jiu-jitsu and then yeah after after a couple of weeks a couple of months i competed and yeah cool i want yeah. to try it out it's nice i Do feel like uh even if somebody doesn't want to be like a top, top-notch competitor, it's nice every now and then to... Because everybody growing up more or less had had like played sports or did something mm-hmm. with a competition or something like that. So it's nice to get that feeling back you know, when you get a little bit older. Yeah, yeah. Do, yeah. do you have any MMA fights? Have no you MMA fights, no. no. Boxing. Boxing fights. Yeah. You do have boxing fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you, are you thinking Five about... Five or six, I'm not sure. Oh, nice. What was your record? I lost one. I lost one against the lefty. Wow. I was lefty, so I had no idea how to deal with a lefty. <laughs> nice. It was get, a good match, though. It was a good match. Yeah? You yeah. get any knockouts? No, but, like, I got good hits. I yeah. was, um, my coach was having me spar with pretty advanced guys, I would say. M- many more fights than me. So, I got a couple of good hits. And at the time, when I was doing boxing and sparring, doing all these things, I was bartending at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, I'd have to go to work. And it's a late night shift. Yeah. And you're working, you're closing at like two, three with like a headache. And so I was like, I might, I might lay that off. And then the funny thing is, is that one day I had to choose between going to a comp or working. And I chose to work. Like I chose money. And you like regretted I, it? <laughs> not regretted it. I just didn't enjoy getting hit as much as like rolling 
Yeah, 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 yeah you know I can mean? see that. So, yeah. well, jujitsu, you get to keep your brain right. In fact, your, in <laughs> you, fact, your brain improves. Evolves. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You yeah. just sacrifice your your other joints. It's, it's That's right. <laughs> yeah, At least the head's still working. It's, it's funny you mention that because I mean, for me, I I mean, I trained jujitsu as a hobby. I've never been really a competitive guy. Yeah. And I remember when I started, I got into jujitsu just as a hobby. It was a, a martial art that I was interested in, and I kind of fell in love with it like everyone else but you know you get to a point where you have to decide how much commitment do I want to put into this yeah, and yeah, yeah. I kind of got to the point where I was thinking about competing and I thought you know what the do it in order to actually do this I, I would want to be able to really do a good job of it like I'd want to be able to put a lot of time into training a lot more than I do as a, a hobbyist and I kind of decided that you know what I'd rather focus on the other stuff that I'm doing and just keep jujitsu as a as a hobby for me mm -hmm. so keep it fun yeah just just as like a, a casual thing right because I think that if you want to take it up to the next level and if you really want to compete you have to make a serious investment in order to actually get good at it. And it sounds like that's what you're describing, where yeah. you had kind of a moment where you realized, look, I've got my job and I've got jujitsu and one of these is going to have to take priority yeah, over yeah, the yeah. other. And you, I guess eventually you chose jujitsu, right? Yeah. You, you uh, look for ways to spend more time doing it. Mm -hmm. So put things on the side, limit distraction here, limit that there, stop this, stop that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in terms of reaching the next level, I mean, let's just discuss for a minute, like what it's like to train with the Danaher Death Squad. Like you're, yeah. you know, I always see you guys uh, online. You're always posting. You're in the blue basement, rolling with guys like Gordon Ryan. Yeah. You know, Nikki, Ethan, Gary, all all these world class grapplers. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you go into those training sessions and you come out like. Sometimes you have good days, and other times you get beat down. And yeah, my, and yeah. but but you sort of like. You you look for those training sessions, right, to sure. to sort of help you evolve. Right? Every session we're learning. Not only that, the, the good thing about um, training at Henzo's is that you have a guy, a lot of guys who are competing. You know, a lot of guys who aren't competing but are still good. Right. You have right. guys that are still that don't compete that a lot of people don't know about. Mm -hmm. Or you have guys who compete from different gyms, like from Sarah's. They come down from Bronx. They come down from Brooklyn. So you get it from Jersey. A lot of the guys from Jersey from Montreal. So you get these guys that come in and out, different styles, you know what I mean? You yeah, to, for sure. And then these guys are competing, so when they're preparing for competition, they're developing a certain style, so it's, it's just a mix, and it blends, and, you know, the, the level uh, yeah. raises. Then you have guys dropping in. You have Craig who did this camp yeah. at ACC. You have Keenan that Keenan, came in. Yeah, nice. So it's good. You know, it's a good, good mix, man. Yeah. You go in there, and then you, let's say one day you want to have a bunch of hard rounds, like you go with the heavy guys. Another day you have one hard round, then you go play around with things. Another yeah. day where, you know, you're playing around with things with, with uh, you know, more advanced guys, but lighter. So it's like you play around with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you been rolling with Nicky Rod? I haven't. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't train. He looks like a lot of fun to train with. <laughs> to be honest, during camp, I, I, one of my top priorities was to get to ADCC. Was to, I, listen, I just want to compete on it. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Yeah. Do not get hurt. Unfortunately, that was reinforced when, very unfortunately, one of my teammates got got a uh, grade two MCL tear. Oh. Ethan. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, "Fuck, this must suck." Man. Was yeah. that at that? Um, was that at that sub only tournament? No. That that happened. No, oh, okay. that, was that happened on on a Saturday. We were doing positional, situational uh, sparring from the saddle. Yeah. Saddle position. So you know, playing with fire a bit. Anyway. Yeah. From from the get go, then nothing, just turning. Pop. Was it you? Yeah. You no, rolling with him? No, 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 it wasn't even me. It yeah. Wasn't even me. I don't remember. I think it was 
Damon, he was rolling with him. It's funny. Every time I've ever, like, really gotten injured, it's been from something totally stupid. Just something completely random. Sometimes you don't even know what it is. It's yeah. almost like the things you don't see coming or that you can't really prepare for them and they just catch you off yeah. guard and your your knee just twists the wrong way and then you're out. Yeah, so it's just like little little pulls that add up and then eventually yeah. you just... Yeah. But you said it's it's a it's a like he doesn't need a, a replacement or anything. He's just no. going to be lots of physio and and recovery. Yeah, and, recovery. He's yeah. doing better. I mean, he's already flowing around. He's yeah. Good. Oh, he's yeah. an incredible grappler. I've been watching him. Yeah, man. Pretty much the same time since I've been watching you, and I, I kind of think of him as like smaller version of you. You gotta come down to Montreal, man. Dude, I'd love to. I've never been to Montreal. Actually, my go. my we should actually my I've business partner uh, Mike Lee. He he trained over there a lot. There's I know a, Mike Lee. I've heard that name before. Yeah, yeah, he used to train out of TriStar briefly, didn't he? Uh, I don't know if he trained out of TriStar, but one of it, I think he's helped open a gym called H two O. You know H yes H two O. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I like about H two O. H two O and TriStar reminds me of what you guys do here. You guys train together. Yeah. So H two O guys, bunch of them come down to TriStar. Come up to TriStar. And then some of the TriStar guys, I think, go down. And then there's Mizu, where it's like we have a bunch of gyms that meet up. Yeah. So we're trying to replicate a bit what you guys are doing here. You yeah. Know? Like just a bunch mm-hmm. of gyms training together. Yeah. So oh, I, gotta come I, down, I, man. Dude, I, I want you so bad. What I was thinking of doing, I was thinking of having like a uh, like a camp, like a training camp. You know, let's say like, I'll give you an example. There's the East Coast Trials on that day. Uh, come come a bit ahead of time, get a bunch of guys, get some good training, two sessions a day, you know, we walk on wrestling, we walk on conditioning, whatever, training jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Be something interesting you could do, man. Yeah, man, I'm into that, for It'll sure. It makes everyone tighter, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, now now that you've kind of got a taste of this city, people are, like, up, that I've talked to, they're all messaging me, they're like, you rolled with Oliver, how was that? Like, yeah. oh, we, we gotta train with him and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah man, he's, he says he's gonna come back, so yeah. it's it's cool how, like, it just brings you closer. Yeah. Now, now when you come right. here, you know you have places to train, you know you have yeah. places to stay, for right? Sure, for it, sure. it is great how connected everything is. I mean, when I, when I started, like, if you had someone come in to do a seminar that was rare you know it would happen maybe once a year that you would get a, a high level black belt from some other place yeah. uh, whereas now it's like every week I just can't keep track of it it's great that everyone is just traveling all over there's so many more opportunities it to helps, learn man, it helps. it's a small community yeah. Yeah. it's a small world too man it really is uh, like Philippe you know Philippe from Roll yeah, yeah. Uh, he one of his childhood friends I know him oh really I know him. one of his childhood friends from Manaus which is mm-hmm. up north, northeast Brazil yeah what are the what are the odds? And I met that guy in like some small city in Germany. Mm-hmm. Now, boom, like we connect. That's how small it is. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a small community for sure. Um, let's let's talk about uh, your recent injury because I'm you know we're talking about uh, Ethan and his, his knee injury. I'm I'm no stranger to knee injuries too. I had a both of my ACLs are not in great shape. They're not completely torn off though. And, and both my meniscuses have, wow. have had some damage as well. I, I just had my other meniscus. Uh, no, we can swear. Don't worry. Oh, sick, <laughs> I had my other meniscus scoped a few months ago and it's been like way better. Like it doesn't lock anymore, but I know you had an ACL replacement recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so how's, how was that? Ex- like, obviously it was a horrible experience, but I'm sure you've gained from it as well. Yeah. And you, you know, the first couple of weeks you're obviously on crutches. It's not fun. Once you can start training, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. See, during that, I tried to stay busy as much as possible. I went and taught as a taught at Mizu. I was there. I started teaching there. I went down to Amsterdam. I tried to teach there too. Teach a couple of seminars. Mm-hmm. Then you're doing rehab. You're training. So you know, you, the hardest part of rehab is not the beginning. Or yeah, obviously it, it hurts like the first couple of days after. But it's like four or five months. 
yeah after mm-hmm. when you're not supposed to be training but your legs feel really good that's when you get the close calls mm-hmm. the almost thinning your leg again things like that and you're like i can get back in there i can get back in there and then you're like whoa no i, I had shouldn't a close be back call. In there. i had a close call man i was rolling just for like one of my buddies and i do so here's the thing i do the session like i roll 20 minutes with a guy super light i'm working on my knees you know chances of my knees buckling and like, are very low and then I see my teammate. I'm like, Dad, I would like to roll with him. And then right after I stopped, I go and roll. And that's when it happened. Oh, like like you were just walking towards him and it sort of buckled? Or during the roll? During the roll. During oh, okay. the roll, I go and I backstep. And he like, just a weird movement that he was not used to. Yeah. Just goes. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, rehab was, was not that bad, man. Honestly, the first couple of weeks, again, it's a little tough because you can't move around like freely. You can't do yeah. the things you usually do. Yeah, but you're training. You're in good yeah. shape. Assault bike must have been yeah. scary when it happened, though. I mean, because for you, this is your job, right? It's your right. livelihood. So, yeah. I mean, for me, if I get an injury, I mean, I I just go sit back. You know, I work at a desk. It's not the end of it sucks, but it's not the end of the world. But yeah. I mean, for you, like you get an injury and that takes you out of the game for a while. Yeah. I mean, how do you how do you mentally and physically like how do you deal with that? To be honest, it, it, you you have two options. Either you 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 know, you pissed about it or you try to find a solution to it, right? Mm-hmm. So this is one of the reasons actually why I'm here. You know, I'm trying to get in touch a bit more with, with the scene, see what we yeah, can that's do. That's awesome. You're like you're using the time to network and to, yeah, to yeah, learn yeah, new yeah. ideas. You got to find ways. You got to get involved with the community. You know, Montreal, I'm trying to get involved as possible, but, you know, we're limited. No comps, no this, no that. So, you know, I try to see elsewhere. That's Canada. so crazy. I... I still don't get it. You know, it's funny. My my instructor Sean, he uh, <laughs> he was talking about a tournament he was trying to book, and the person on the other hand and was giving him shit and saying we would we would never allow your barbaric sport to come to our. You know, <laughs> it's like seriously. I mean, there, there's no punching, there's no kicking. Where, it's, where was that? It, it was here. No, it was here in BC. It was just some person who I guess they they were running a facility and just didn't like the idea of grappling. They thought it was some like <clears throat> blood sport or something. I mean, it's it's the gentlest thing there is. I mean, I think you're far less likely to get injured in jiu-jitsu than like almost any other sport except for maybe golf and even then i'm not sure yeah. you know it's 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 a, generally a pretty safe sport because in, in a lot of ways the goal is not to injure the person right i met a guy who tore his acl playing golf i think playing acl yeah really? or playing golf sorry uh yeah uh, i mean and, and knee injuries are like you know i just i've come to the terms where I think one day it's probably going to happen where there's going to be like a terror. I know I shouldn't think like that, but I'm like mentally preparing myself. Okay. Like if I get a really bad injury and I can't roll, like, how am I going to, how am I going to teach at the club? How am I going to get classes covered? How am I going to like, like you had to coach from the sidelines basically. Yeah, but right? it's preparation. It's, it's not bad to be prepared. Yeah, right? exactly. It's not bad to be prepared and then to do things. So if it happens, at least, you know, you're, you say you're covered. So for any athlete listening to this, yeah, you know, don't be afraid of the thought of getting injured. You know, anything can happen, but at least know what to do. And we, we've talked about that before, about how to cope with injuries. And I think the thing that about injuries is, you know, when one door closes for a while, and there are other doors that can open up to you. You know, there's 100%. so much more to jujitsu than just the time that you spend on the mat. There's oh, yeah. the relationships you build, uh, both personal and professional. There's the opportunity to network and to, you know, learn and train your mind mentally. There's so much other stuff you can do outside of just the grappling. 
So I think that moping about it is probably like, like it's inevitable that you're going to get injured. It happens to everybody. And it, you just kind of have to learn to move on with your life and not get obsessed about it. hundred percent. Yeah. So I, you know, on that note, when it comes to competitions, you know, if you're a, like a local competitor, there can be competitions every week or every month, but I'm guessing that for you training at the highest level, some of these competitions only roll around once a year. So or once every two yeah, years, or once every two years. Case. So yeah. how do you train differently when you're like competing at the, like at ADCC versus if you were just doing something locally or do you even not do those local things anymore? Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, trying to improve obviously. Uh, every day I'm trying to add something adjust a little something in my game every day the intensity you play around with it so you know when I'm doing camp for example for ADCC I was doing two sessions a day almost and then the days where we have one session I do something else on the side mm-hmm. um, obviously now there's there's no no comps coming up very early other than Nogi Worlds you gonna be there? might do it yeah might do it probably you gonna do it? I can't do it. I think I'm going to do the Revolution in Tacoma, and then that's probably going to be my last competition for this year. Where's Tacoma? Uh, it's just past Seattle. Past Seattle. Oh, it's in the U.S. Yeah, just yeah. It's, it's it's next next Sick. about a month from now. So yeah, I, I go I go down to the states a lot to compete. Um, that's sick. Yeah. How, and, uh, how long is the drive? Uh, from here, it's pro- it's pretty quick. Three hours, yeah. three and a half hours. It depends on traffic. The traffic between like Tacoma and Seattle, and here in Seattle, can be dependent. How's the, how's the level of competition there? If you don't mind me. Pretty good, actually. Like, there's a few really good guys in the area. Um, there's one of the best guys is Sean Weisenberg. He beat Boogeyman Cummings at ADCC oh, yeah, trials. Yeah, yeah. I competed against them. Yeah, I competed against them at you Worlds. Be- yeah, yeah. How how that play out? Uh, dude, honestly, when I when I tied up with him the first time, I was like, "Damn, this this is gonna be tough." He's gonna. He's, he's a good wrestler. Up. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah, he's good. I managed to get a a juji, but while slipping off his back, but it was nice. I knew if I, he was slipped out of that, would have been a different kind of match. Yeah, I nice. fought. I fought him too. I lost. It was an EBI rules event at uh, Submission Underground in Oregon. Oh, sick! You yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was fun. It was like an eight uh, eight man brown belt tournament. Is, is that on flow grappling? I think so. It might be on there. Um, no, full grappling. I was a brown belt at the time that it happened, right? But um, but yeah, he's really good. There's another guy named Riley Weissman who's really good. Um, and then a bunch of guys from California usually come up sometimes, you know. Like, I've, had, I've, I've competed against Rolando Sampson before. He's come up to do Seattle IBJJF. And uh, Keith Krikorian came he up. And up. He came up and did did a tournament in Bellingham. I fought him and I lost in overtime. And he's... Some good guys getting so. in there, man. That's interesting. It's interesting you tell me because that's what I was expecting being on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. You get these guys, you know, come up and down. So it's a, it's a yeah. good thing because I'm, I mean, we're trying to be more active. Nogi, trying to push that a bit more mm-hmm. on, the, on the scenes. It's mostly Nogi comps you do or Gi or... I do, do both. Yeah. I do both. Yeah. I, I, I like both. I know you favor Nogi, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... I <laughs> Oddly enough, I think I find gi more fun. I don't know. <laughs> I love, I mean, I train almost exclusively in the gi. I don't compete, yeah. but I just, I love the gi for reasons I don't quite know. I just, just, just resonates with me, right? Everyone's got their thing. Like the first day I, <laughs> we rolled, I was like, hey, Oliver, did you bring a gi? And you gave me a look of disgust. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, what every are you talking time, about bringing a gi? Yeah. So for those of you, every time I go and drop in a Matt's gym, like I look at his schedule and it'll say, today is gi day. And I'll show up at Matt's gym and I'll be the only person in the fucking gi. That's like, not every, true. That's it's not totally true. true. There, there have been days where I show up in a gi and there's like 30 people and they're all in their shorts Respect. every single time. The only <laughs> time, the only time uh, that 
I everyone was in a gi was your promotion seminar. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And that I thought we were training, but it was actually just a ruse to give Matt his black it was, belt. Uh, <laughs> it was funny. I think a big reason why a lot of people prefer the gi is they understand it and they know it better. Also, yeah, it's right. it's a comfort zone thing, right? You can call it that way, film. But yeah. you, you, when you're doing something better, when I started the gi, I mean, I wasn't. I had to switch a couple of things up in the mm-hmm. game. So obviously at first it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> then you start to understand it and your game starts to click and you become more becomes yeah. more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But last year, last year or two years ago, last year I did from January till July, I did only gi. Yeah. I did only gi. I wanted to do, uh, after I won no gi rolls, I was like, I want to try to win uh, in the in, uh, round belt gi. Yeah. Then after that I had Polaris versus Lachlan and I got injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I remember watching that match versus Lachlan, and I mean, ever since that match, he's been on a tear. Like, he submitted Mansha Kara, and then obviously his ADCC run was just incredible, especially yeah. in the absolute division, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I, I remember watching that match, and I remember, I think you had a knee brace on in that match. Was your ACL already torn when you went into that match? No, no, no. It was, my knees were, were all right when I went in there. Yeah. I, Man, again, like the day I got injured, I had nothing. It was like, mm-hmm. it just happened. Boom, slip, leg stayed straight, turned the wrong way. Yeah. And then it, it, it ACL game. Man. Did yeah. you, did it, so after you tore your ACL, was it just like really unstable and buckling? And Not really. It didn't hurt when it popped. Mine popped, it didn't hurt. I've heard that if it's like a clean tear, it doesn't hurt at all. I've heard that it only really hurts if it's like a partial tear. At least that's what my physio ter- told me last time I had a knee injury. Because it was just a tweak. And they, he said, if it doesn't hurt, that's what you got to be worried about. Because that means that it's like cut in half. Yeah. yeah. But my knees, money actually, the, the day after, obviously, I was limping. Two, three days later, I was walking around pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, man, funny enough, um, some asked. Athletes don't get don't get their ACL repaired. Yeah, yeah some people that. like your your coat or your buddy Mike for the longest time. He did, he just put it off, didn't get it done. Right? I mean, some yeah. people just don't do it. They just power through it. Yeah, they well, power through it. They strengthen like uh, the yeah. hamstrings, especially the they hamstrings. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mike Mike Lee he said that like he has some stairs at home and he would run up the stairs and if when his ACL was torn he would turn the corner and like it would just buckle completely. Yeah. yeah. So like that's different from like in my in my case where I do have a tear but it's not fully torn so it's like I can feel it's slightly loose but on the days that i do like squats and stuff it feels so much better yeah it feels way stronger like i've even i've even heard from uh from someone that cobrinha doesn't have acls <laughs> which is crazy <laughs> but like it's not the craziest thing i've ever heard i have a buddy who who yeah. said he has a completely torn acl and all he does is just physio and he's still he trains he's actually going to be at on guard tonight but he he, he basically trains through it right yeah, so it's yeah. like well i guess my question for you is like because i I had to decide, you know, do I want to get my meniscus clean? Do I want to get an ACL replacement? Like, is, you know, there's pros and cons to getting it done because then you're on the shelf for almost a year. Yeah. But you might have a full ACL. So it's like, what was, how was that decision for you when you hurt your ACL and you're like, should I get it done? What, uh-huh. you know, what was in your mind when you were making that decision? I asked my coaches, man. I asked for us, for us. Um, I asked George, who had two ACLs. Uh, ask John, ask the doctor, and then they, you know, it's good. You you can hold it off, but I'm gonna compete for another ten years. Yeah, so you're gonna better to do it now and just get it over it, with, right? Get it over yeah. with, yeah, get it over with. And uh, mm-hmm. I think I think also the hamstring graft 
was a good decision. Uh, full range of motion, pretty good, yeah. Yeah, that's what I've heard most people do, the hamstring graft. That's kind of the way to go. Yeah, yeah, because we're on our knees a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I think it's a better call. Yeah. Then if you do the, because um, you can do the patella graft as well. Yeah. Patella graft is like right in front. Take a piece of your tendon. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you, did you do it privately or did you go through like the MSP system in Canada? We're pretty linked up. We have a very good doctor at TriStar, Sébastien Smart, who's in Saint-Eustache. Beast of a doctor, man. He, oh, a month after I was, I got my, my see that. Dent. That's awesome. Like, I think an average person who needs an ACL replacement, if they're going to go through the system, it's like, sometimes it can take up to a year to like get your x-rays, your MRIs, get all that stuff in place depends and then how, do the surgery. Yeah. It depends for those who, who don't know uh, this, we're talking about the Canadian healthcare system here and uh, really like it comes down to how you get prioritized, right? If it's a, if it's clear that you need to get it replaced right now and it's tied to like your livelihood, a lot of the time they'll escalate it. But I know guys who have been on the waiting list to get a, an MCL repla- or replacement for like a year plus, right? It's not uh, common. It's- I'm not, not athletes, no, more casual people. Like, right. I, I know a guy who was, you know, he works a desk job. He tore his, uh, his I think it was his MCL in jiu-jitsu. And it took him, like, a year on the waiting list because it, it wasn't priority because it wasn't, like, he didn't need it for his job. I mean, uh, grant, a lot. granted, the still, benefit is he doesn't have to pay for it, but still, it kind of, you know, sucks still, to wait that long. It's still, like, especially if he if he got hurt doing jiu-jitsu, I mean, he trains jiu-jitsu and he enjoys it. So yeah, yeah. Take yeah. that out, it kind of sucks. Yeah. But, you know, we still have it good here. Like, uh, I have some teammates who have to pay for it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that could be devastating for you. Pay a cent, yeah. You don't have to really pay anything. Oh, that's really good. Being in Canada is um, there. We have that advantage, definitely. Yeah. So that helps, you know. But um, going back to your question, Henzo's, yeah, man, it's pretty sick training mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, pretty nice mix. What, what's the deal with Big Gord? Why is he always on your balls and, and giving you shit? <laughs> <laughs> remember that one time? I remember I had a super match against Dan Martinez. In Florida, and then we went to overtime, and he was, he escaped the back pretty quickly. So when I came back, he was pissed. I couldn't hold the back for any longer. Big Gord was Big Gord, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not ta- obviously we're talking about Gordon Ryan's father here. Yeah, what was he saying to you? Oh, it does. It's a shame because I was staying. <laughs> it's at, a shame. Yeah, uh, you shame the family or something. Because like, I was staying with them. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah, it was funny, man. It was and he funny. he doesn't train. No, no, he doesn't train. No, at all. he's like uh, he, he's just got two sons that are just legends. Yeah, my seeds, my seeds, <laughs> <laughs> two legends. It's yeah. funny. It's funny how popular Big Gord is. Like Gordon Ryan, basically just like put him on Instagram, and like everyone knows who he is. It's funny, man. His, his addiction to yogurt and ice cream sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's hilarious, man. He's a crack. He's funny, but when you meet him, he's. He's awesome, man. He's yeah. a cool guy. And a guy like Gordon Ryan, like, a lot a lot of people... I think people are now starting to see, like, that he is a really good dude. And, like, but I think a lot of people, a lot of the haters, like, he likes to talk about how, how they think, oh, I, you know, you talk to someone, what do you think of Gordon Ryan? Oh, he's so good. He's such an asshole. So, I was like, but I don't really get that feeling that he is an asshole. Like, he seems like if you were to just chill with him or train with him, he'd be, like, a really cool dude. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome, right? Like, and, and I think... The opposite of... What you see. It's it's about. hard to really, and this is, I think, a mistake that I, Matt and I talk about this all the time. I think one of the, the things that really sucks about the world today is everyone judges everyone else based on how they appear on social media. And like, 
you really cannot tell what someone is like based on how they act on social media. I mean, John Danaher is my favorite example of this. Like, you listen <laughs> to him talk and he, on his instructionals, and he, he looks and sounds like Professor X. But then you see him on social media, and he's just this crazy weirdo. Like, yeah. It's like, it, it doesn't even seem like it's the same person. It's so I, I think it's really easy to look at the way that someone, you know, says, talks on social media and judge them. But I think that's kind of a shitty thing to do. 100% man yeah. it's two different things you meet Gordon in real life is very different from when you yeah. see what he posts on social media well like I can think of multiple times when sweetheart. I what a sweetheart yeah like I, I can think of multiple times when uh, on Instagram I send him a message I'd be like hey Gordon like just wondering like what's your opinion on this or hey I got your DVD and I'm, I really like this what about this and he literally messages you back yeah and he will go through all of his messages and message his fans back like like answering questions about jujitsu and it's like okay you could try and get like uh, a lebron james or a michael jordan yeah. or a wayne gretzky to do something like that it's just not possible he's literally like the wayne gretzky yeah. of jujitsu you know and he's like messaging his fans just for nothing it's yeah. kind of it's kind of incredible so that when he started doing that i'm like okay like clearly he's a good dude no, he's, you know he's awesome because yeah. because uh, someone else would just be like like that's what privates are for or whatever or not do not even respond yeah. or anything but this guy is like actually he gives a lot back to his fans Definitely. and i think a lot of people they get real jealous and they see that he talks shit but then he backs it right up and it's like fuck I, a lot of people hoping that he loses you know hey man uh, he people have to find a way to promote themselves if you don't have access to their own matches i mean somehow mm -hmm. you're gonna have to promote yourself right yeah, yeah, fine. So basically just people like – it could just be, again, like you said, people just trying to get their name out there by attacking another target, which is such a terrible negative way to try to build yourself up by like putting someone down. And it, it's got to suck being a public figure on like he is on social media because you are a target. Like you're getting tons of these messages from people you don't know and they're all being critical of you. Like I, it's it's got to really kind of weigh on you having all of that negativity coming at you. And I, I totally understand why people just turn off their social media and just walk away from it. Yeah, like did. I personally don't use it much myself. Yeah, he deals with it pretty well. He deals with it pretty well. I think for athletes, it's important to to, to use use that as a tool, obviously, mm -hmm. to promote yourself and to oh, for sure, try to push a brand. Free marketing, basically, right? It is. It is, man. It's it's a pretty good tool. Just you know, you got to learn how to use it to your advantage. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And this Gordon Ryan's a guy who's like coming back from an ACL replacement. And leading up to ADCC is like, it's not even going to be competitive. I'm going to fucking win both my division and absolute. You guys are all going to look like idiots. I'm going to fuck you up. I'll see you there. And then he fucking does it. Like, what kind of level of confidence is that? You know, like when I go into a, a local competition, I'm like, you know, even though I'm not too worried about it, I'm like, I'm still like, fuck, like I want to, I want to do good. Like I wanted, I'm kind of still you know, there's that self-doubt that's always just, like, in the back of your mind. Talking. And this yeah. guy, I'm sure he has it, but, man, he's good at masking that, you know? And yeah. just being like, I'm yeah, going to fuck you it. all up on it. On, I've on never seen any of it, man. I've never seen any of it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Masks it pretty well. Trains a lot, man. Preparation also yeah. helps have, to have confidence. Trains a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, after ADCC camp, a lot, of, a lot of the athletes probably took some time, you know, to, like... He uh, just keeps going. He just keeps going right away, a week after competed... Uh, week after they cut days after back at Henzo's doing double sessions. Yeah. Basically still doing the same thing, same rhythm. Yeah. And he's no doing off. He's doing something that's really smart. Like 
Like, obviously, he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's, you know, he's, like, talking about how much he's competing and stuff, but he's also building other revenue streams, right? Yeah. Like, he's, like, doing his instructionals, he's doing seminars, he's doing privates and stuff. Yeah, so, he's, like, he's here, here, building mm-hmm. a run. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a really smart dude, the way that he actually does it. And yeah. I, I think that that's something that a lot of athletes could do, uh, you know, could, could take it a, an example from is, like... They don't have to do it on the same scale, but they can definitely, they're definitely at a level where they can help somebody not on their level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean in jiu-jitsu like you know if you, you're a trainer at a gym there's definitely and you're not like a day one white belt there's definitely somebody you can help yeah. yeah so going into like a like a competition like ADCC you know you're going against guys that are using tons of gear you know they're 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 on a lot of gear like mm-hmm. allegedly uh, yeah <laughs> I mean hey, let's be honest like, like let's be honest the sheik is basically like hey I'm not gonna test you guys you guys do whatever you want you yeah, know it's yeah, like yeah. it's not like IBJJF where they pretend to do they pretend to test you, yeah. when they clearly don't or if they do catch you they'll be like hey you have an opportunity to retire or yeah, or you know a lot of dodgy stories from, from that testing that black belt testing they do yeah so there's basically no real no real testing yeah so what's your what's your opinion on like if i'm an athlete and i want to get to that next level like to use peds or not to use peds like peds what's going to do is going to speed up your the process wherever the finish line is going to be you're going to get to it faster it's like the brightest stars burn the fastest or as they say like going yeah. on the express lane yeah, yeah you're driving way faster but then what about like the latter end of your life you start to maybe if you get off the gear, you start to see like the negative effects of it. Especially if you, I think, it, I think if you're careful with it, and you start to like, mm-hmm. you know, don't don't go crazy all at once. Mm-hmm. Later on in life, it might have a better effect on you than if you just like boom, boom, boom all the time hitting the bomb. Right? Definitely, you gotta you gotta check out it if anybody's listening, considering on doing it. I, I mean, I'm I'm not doing it, but I know that. Some people do it properly. Some people don't do it properly. Some mm. people are checking out doctors. Some people are taking their friends' bomba. Yeah, exactly. And then losing their hair and shit like that. Yeah, and, and getting like crazy acne and, and stuff. And they don't have enough money and they can't do the post cycle. And then it, it's fucked up because now, you know, it's... Yeah. I think that's the thing people kind of lose track of is that like it is it is ultimately a very powerful form of medicine. And whenever you're taking any powerful medicine, you want to have a doctor who's supervising you. So if you're doing it under the counter, yeah. you know, it bad bad shit can happen. I mean, you look at like those pro wrestlers from the 80s and 90s and they're all dropping dead at like 40 exactly. right, from heart attacks, you know, and it's like you if you're just loading up on that stuff without any medical supervision you're putting yourself at tremendous risk in addition exactly. to the the consequences in the competition of you know being a cheater like you're also just putting your body at tremendous risk you might be taking years off your life now you gotta find a good doctor too that's not trying to just to rip you off and just sell you shit yeah it's, yeah, yeah it's gonna you know affect you negatively down, down yeah. see i kind of wish in a lot of ways like the, the nice thing about if jiu-jitsu ever became an Olympic sport is all of this shit would get regulated. There would be no excuses about keeping an eye on this and actually doing proper testing. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be one of the benefits, but it's the cost of yeah, testing, right? It, it, In the meticulousness exactly. of it. Yeah. If, the, if like the, if the international Olympic committee were on top of it, then this would not be a problem. But because jiu-jitsu is still very grassroots in a lot of ways, yeah, it, it's, pretty, no, it's growing. It's yeah. It's, it's growing. What they test in the Olympics. I didn't even know. Oh Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, like wrestlers the, are being tested. Everyone is. Yeah. Wow. Olympic level testing is, is legit from what I understand. I mean, but we all not, know like the Olympics will go to a city and it like, 
yeah, it brings people to the city, but it also costs a shitload of money for the yeah, city. Yeah, so it's yeah. not like it's not like they it's have kind to, of a racket. <laughs> yeah, it's totally a racket. Like the Olympic, the Olympic Games is kind of a racket. I realized that because it was here in 2010. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, I know I know people love it. I know it's inspiring and it's great for the sports that they represent. But it's not always the greatest for the city that it winds up in. Like it's fun at the time, but then you get stuck with this massive yeah. bill. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I was hearing. I was hearing. Um, a while back, John Oliver did a video about like uh, the World Cup in Brazil. Yeah, yeah. How they could be spending all that money on different things. They have like literally a stadium in the middle of the forest. Yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, we we had that to some degree. We we got a whole bunch of stadiums that I mean they get used. They do get, they used. get used, but actually the jujitsu competitions are at the Richmond Oval. Yeah. Quite maybe, a bit. maybe that's why that's actually awesome. there's so many competitions in Vancouver is because we got all of these freaking yeah, like arenas and stadiums that we need to use um it's way cooler than a high school definitely you know (laughs) who needs a high school any any big shows that come down here do matches and pull pull like nice cards it's you know it's a vancouver honestly like ibjjf doesn't come here and like the main issue is we're in the we're up in the very northwest corner right you go any higher up and you're basically in like the middle of nowhere so it's not often convenient for people to travel up here and additionally because of the border like a lot of american places places if they're going to go up northwest they'll just go to seattle yeah so we don't get that many i mean we get the odd ufc card here and there but there's one of the thing the criticisms of vancouver is that it is kind of a quiet city you know it's yeah. not a huge city there's not a lot of shows that come and uh, come into town same with uh, sports and events like that if only there was a high level grappling promotion that could come to vancouver one day Oh man, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> we're trying to do that, man. We're trying to bring uh, yeah. qualifiers, and then obviously eventually <clears throat> trying to bring uh, nice cards. Yeah, because again, you see, like you were telling me, you have these good guys that come up, drive a couple of hours, and compete. Yeah, I'm sure, you guys would want to be on a big show mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, definitely something to think about, man, and do. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you're doing tournaments like ADCC and, you know, like, Nogi Worlds and all the, you know, basically the highest levels of, of oh. grappling, right? Like, yeah. like I know for me as a competitor, I'm constantly in my mind, I'm like, fuck, like, is it cheating, like, to do something like steroids? It's like, it's it's kind of like you're leveling the playing field, exactly. if anything. Yeah. But there's a lot of moral and, uh, you know, it, it's also, a, like... A, your, your health is sort of, sort of something that's also on your mind. Like, do you grapple with like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Like, fuck, what? You know, if I could do it, then I maybe I could have, I could, you know, get this title or whatever. Or I could be this train much more. better. Mm-hmm. I could train more. I could be, you know, much more sharp. I could be stronger. Like, mm-hmm. is that something that you constantly is in your head? Um, I mean, when I think about it, the session, the amount of sessions I was doing, preparing for uh, ADCC. Could I have done more? Yes, of course. Um, mm. Could I have done more without it? You know, like you're redlining your body, so you risk getting re-injured. If I was on that bomba, I'm telling you, man, probably would have better cardio, probably be a bit stronger, probably yeah, be able to train more, get more rounds in, go with bigger guys, get tougher rounds, so you can do more. Yeah, and your decision-making gets happens a lot quicker too like I, i've trained with people that do it after and i know before and after when they do it like i notice a difference in their decision making not just really their like strength a, in the, like they're, not they're not yeah. as tired when you're not as yeah. tired when you're completely rested and you're watching a match from the outside it's yeah, easy it makes sense. to see oh he did this here he did this day he did that mistake when you're tired though you're like 
why the hell did I do that? You know, it's funny. I, I heard a quote one time. I don't remember where it came from, but a guy was talking about um, how he, uh, what his training when he was taking steroids. And he was saying it was the weirdest thing because while he was training, his mind was tired, but his body wasn't. Like, you know, it's, you know, it's like, you know, mentally you're kind of tired from all the training, but because of the juice, like physically, he just was able to keep on going. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I guess that's it, right? I mean, I, you know, I find as a casual guy for me, like cardio is my enemy right? as, as a hobbyist. So I, I can only imagine if you had like a limitless gas tank, what the difference would be. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. And ADCC comes down to cardio and wrestling. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is, man. Your conditioning and your wrestling. Yeah. Obviously so, there's jujitsu. But yeah, it's kind of a wrestling tournament with submissions. Yeah. Like, if you don't have good wrestling, you might survive that first round. But then it, once it gets to overtime, if you pull guard, it's like yeah, yeah. you're behind, right? So you kind of have to have that in your back pocket. Exactly. And if you don't want to risk it with the rules and whatnot, just wrestle. Yeah, just exactly. Stay, stay standing. And then, yeah. yeah. So your match with Canuto, yeah. like he's uh, like one of the best 77 kilos in the world. He's, he has a win and a loss against uh, your training partner, Gary Tonin. Right. Um, and you happen to draw him in the first match. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was a really great fight. I I remember, um, you know, you, you drew in the, in the first, uh, what do you want to call it? First round, I guess. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, he actually got on, he almost had a takedown. Then you got up into the four point position before the three count happened. And then he got both hooks, Right as the time ended, so like yeah, you kind of you kind of you know you you kind of made it out with the skin of your teeth to get to overtime, yeah, and then in overtime, you know you, there was a few times when you almost like you were going for a flying scissor, and then he happened to just base out, and then you basically pulled guard, right? So it's yeah, like yeah, he's got that's one thing I noticed about Kanudo, he's got really good base. Yeah, no, I'll base, bet. And it's hard to score on him, even when you see Gary, the kid, then score on him. Yeah. But he's still got a lot of good things on him. Like, that match was, in my opinion, that stands, like, ADCC was incredible, but Gary Tonin versus Hanato Canuto was, like, my favorite match of the whole tournament because, Same. like, I'm watching these guys, I'm like, how the fuck are they not getting injured in this match? They're flying all over the place, and it's like, you know, Tonin's gas tank is just legendary, right? Very so it's good, like, yeah. So, like, okay, go in, let's say you get another match with Canuto, whether it's ADCC rules or whatever. Like, um, well, let's say it's ADCC rules. Like, how would you change your preparation leading up if you knew you had to fight him again? Uh, what I notice, it's hard to get his hips down to the mat and to keep yeah. him down on the mat. Yeah. So, what would be is as he's turning away, running away, is sharpening up my follow-ups to the back, yeah. to the rear body lock. Uh, single leg coming up with with wrestling. I've sharpened that up. Wrestling, yeah, because yeah. uh, it looked like in overtime you wanted to get to your leg entanglements. Like at yeah. one point you actually got. It looked like you were going for a cannabisami, but you ended up in in a in a reaping position, and he base basically just based out, and it looked like you were going to try and heel hook him, but his leg was completely straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like there wasn't really a heel hook there. I would have gone for the heel hook if his hip was on the mat, but he was on his knee. He stayed in base. He based out, so I was like, as soon as I'm going to turn he's going to base up so that's what he did yeah. I reached for the secondary leg he still based out Yeah. as he based out I went to come up on a single he turned and created distance and I stood up I should have pulled back yeah so when, yeah exactly so, so when you were when you were going into that match were you thinking like I'm going to I might try and go for a leg lock in this match that was the plan the plan for yeah. me was from guard initiate a bit of movement off balance either elevate or come up 
come up into into some wrestling exchanges. Yeah, if you gotta sharpen those up a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. You, you think if you fought him again, you might avoid the leg locks altogether and just try and play no, positionally? No, no. Do them better. That's what I would do. Do them better. Look nice. to sharpen it up. Do them better. It's my game. Yeah, I don't want to avoid, sure. run, like, just change my game completely because on the contrary, I'll try to find something to, to be able to do it better next time. Because I watched, I watched some of his matches also against other people. People who have success against him coming up towards the end of the match. Dante, for example, he did very well against Man, Dante Leon is a beast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that guy good. is fucking incredible. And he's very good and sharp at coming up on singles and wrestling to yeah. the back and creating that, that wrestling exchange from guard, coming up from yeah. guard. Um, what else? Yeah, he, he did that very well. And then one thing I regretted is sitting back on the legs right before points started. Yeah. Try to stay, maybe try to stay on top a bit more. Try to get some passing, get him to frame, you know, maybe play with these a bit more. Because I watched his match against Wagner also. Yeah, and he deals with pressure good, but not as good as like if you're trying to lose pass and you're passing on your feet. Yeah, so those were things I probably looked to yeah. exploit a bit more next time. Well, I mean, you know, we're talking about like the levels of jujitsu in this podcast, and like most of the time when I'm training oh, at my gym, I usually. I'm kind of like the top guy, right? And okay. if I go to a lot of places in the city for my size, I'm like one of the one of the better guys, right? And then I go and train with you, and you're just fucking smash passing me. You're you're backstepping it. I know you like to backstep into the saddle, mm-hmm. and you still catch me in it. Like you're 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 at a, a higher level, but you're going into a tournament like ADCC and probably probably the most stacked division, the 77 kilogram division. You got guys like Gary Tonin, you got uh, JT Torres, Wagner Hocha. Like you're you're probably considered the dark horse in that division. Yeah, yeah, sure. right. Then even guys that are bottom seed. Lachlan, Ross, these yeah. guys are really good, man. They're all world class guys. Sergio, you have Edwin. These guys are really good. Yeah, like any of any of these names that we're talking about could be main events in any grappling card yeah, yeah. in the world, right? Like, the, so like, what was your mindset going into a tournament like that? You're maybe one of the bottom seeds in the division. You're like, fuck, I'm gonna have to fight Hanato Kanuto. I might have to fight a JT Torres. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean. Obviously, go with the idea that yeah, I'm gonna win. I want to win this competition. Yeah. Obviously, this is where I'm going. This is why I'm doing all these sacrifices and you know trading and you know moving from Montreal to New York for four months. Obviously, I want to win, so I was preparing to win it for sure. And then I had an idea what to do against um, different opponents. So, I mean, it, it just forces. It only makes you better because you're you're trying to beat these top level guys. So you got to train to to be at that level. So you got to bring up your game instead of, oh, I want to win, I want to win. You, you got to think of like doing good at the competition, actually mm-hmm. performing well, like doing jiu-jitsu well, mm-hmm. looking good. Not just looking good for the sake of looking good, but like, you know, when you roll at the gym, you're like, oh, today I, I didn't roll that well. You still smash your guys. But like some days you roll well, you're doing good. Like even if it's competitive with someone, you feel you did good because, you know, your jiu-jitsu was, yeah. your timing was good, transitions were good. It's funny. It's something that we've talked about too, about yeah. how like it's easy to get hung up in like here's the result I want, and you're just yeah. focused on that. But what's often better is just create really good habits, focus on quality training, and be consistent about it, and yeah. put in the time on the mat. And yeah. because the problem that I see with a lot of people is they get something in their head that they want, yeah. and they focus on that at the expense of actually what they need to do to get there. And then if they don't get what they want, then they're just crushed, right? Yeah. And, Definitely, process is more important than the, the result. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like daily habits over mm-hmm. over your overall goal. Yeah, or like if you're working on a specific technique, hey, is this like 
bulletproof of, is this work going to work at the highest level mm-hmm. is this going to be tight enough and then going into the match now I look at it alright here are the things I need to tighten up for next time mm-hmm. the things I need to sharpen up so it just forces you to get better yeah how many hours a day would you say you train like a regular training day depending on the day and the session like some days when we have one session I'll get in before do some re- rehab work do some physio train drill after do some weights after so that's basically one session but it's like four or five four hours, hours long, yeah. yeah and then but, do you train again after that no that's one day when it's double i'll get in do a bit of rehab 30 minutes drill roll drill a bit then we have a break and we do the second session but then i'll boom, we'll lift weights or do anything i'll just stick with these two yeah cool man so one very long session or two like shorter sessions it comes out to pretty much the same thing yeah so i'll be drilling after i'll be grabbing a guy after and we're drilling on these things that we want to sharpen up like coming up single like running the pipe transitions yeah because nice. there's also a lot john is showing a lot of stuff every day there's a lot to, yeah you gotta work on it man you don't work on it you're not gonna like yeah take it in how is it how is it training under john danner sick man sick it, yeah. take, it takes a lot of thinking out a lot of things you don't need to worry about as much yeah like choosing what you want to drill yeah he's doing that for you exactly he's seeing yeah. what works the, the things that work well the order that he shows it yeah is it true that, um, like, the the death squad outside of the blue basement, you guys don't really know a lot about him? Like, you don't really go out after to eat a lot? You don't know about his personal life very I much? I personally. I mean, I've stayed with him in the same place. Like, for the last ADCC, I was with him in the same Airbnb. Was that that big house? Um, Were you all in that place? We stayed also in a big house once in, in Beverly Hills, but I'm talking about in Finland. In Finland, I stayed with him in the same place. And you, man, he's pretty discreet. Like, he lays low. Yeah, he seems like a quiet guy, but like, <laughs> he seems kind of like an enigma. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. He's. I think. I think, I think that's part of his brand, really. Yeah. Like my yeah. my professor Rob Bernacki is a in a lot of ways. I think like Danaher. He's a he's very much more like. I think outspoken though, mm-hmm. like Danner seems to be more introverted at okay. times, but you can tell Danner has got this dark side to him where he like, Who he does? likes to fuck around. He likes, yeah, exactly. Who uh, doesn't, right? Who doesn't, yeah, no, John, John definitely keeps him. Like, he's cool, man. It's cool. It's nice. It's really nice training under John and I can't wait to be, to go back to be honest. Yes. Yeah. I'm just like that routine, that training regimen because you see yourself improve. Yeah. So, I, so after you leave Vancouver, are you going right to New York? No, I'm going to have one more stop in Toronto. Nice. Yeah, we're going to team up with uh, Open Mat MMA. Yeah. They have a couple of good Nogi guys. We have Sims, who Canadian guy who made it to the semifinals at the West Coast Trials. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sims. yeah, yeah. We'll be training with him. He comes down to TriStar often. Train, stop by Montreal for a couple of days, and then head back to Montreal to New York. Yeah. I've seen you train with uh, Cameron Florkcheck. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Oh. Dude, he's a beast. beast. I fought him in Ottawa one time for, uh, it was like a, I guess the Henzo Gracie there sort of put on a, they put a, at the on. banquet hall, right? It were brown belts. Man, he fucked me up so bad. <laughs> he's a beast, man. I'm he's not, such a beast. He's black belt now. He got his black belt. I know, yeah. And, and he got big. <laughs> like, was that that video where now. you shot on the guy and he just squashed you and you were down there for like five minutes? No, no. I pulled guard and he passed my guard. It, uh, luck- <laughs> Funny story. Actually, luckily for me, the video, the file was corrupted. So there's no footage online of him choking <laughs> me out. I, it's online, but it's like the first three minutes of the match and then it ends. I'm like, oh, fuck. Thank God. 
God, it's not on there. <laughs> Videos of you getting your ass kicked are my favorite thing in the whole world. Me too, man. Like, like I think I learn way more from my losses than my yeah. wins. But like, yeah, I think you always do. It's but he's sick. Right? Like, I, I, I did roll with him that one time, and like, and mm-hmm. super nice dude. Like, you know, we talked before and after and stuff. But like, fuck, I knew he was going places. You know, he's like really high level geek, geek grappler. Yeah, I can't right? like see him a black belt. See him compete at black belt. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Oh, I think he's definitely like some guys. You never know, man. Some guys click at black belt. Some guys never win anything until black belt. And yeah. They mm-hmm. fucking no, that's true. Uh, some guys win everything and then black belt. They disappear. You just, yeah. never know, man. Never know. Just keep grinding. Yeah, it's funny. We're you know we actually we literally just sent an email a lot about that today about how like I I hear a lot of the time from my students that like I've hit a plateau. I'm not getting any better, but. Man, like a lot of the time, you just need to stick through it because you don't get better in like a straight line. Sometimes you go for months and things are kind of just the same. And then like one week, just bam, you get like a hundred times better. And I, I know people like that who like up until like purple or brown belt, they're not particularly great. Yeah. And then one day I come in and it's like they're a hundred times better and I don't know what happened. They just, you stick through it long enough and you, you hit these moments of brilliance. Your teammates are getting better too. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all relative, right? Yeah, you're getting better, but you're not the only ones getting better. Yeah, guys are training too. They're putting in the work. Yeah, when I took uh, when my daughter when my daughter came, I took about a year off, and when I came back, like I was shocked at how much better everyone was. I mean, granted, also I had like a year's worth of rust I had to get rid of, but like guys who before were you know not really much of a threat, now they're like going toe to toe with me, and it's when you're all getting better at the same time it's like relativity right you don't don't see the speed of the car next to you yeah it's also be patient man enjoy it why do you want to get better super fast Mm -hmm. take your time man you know take it day by day make one adjustment you know one little adjustment you want just one adjustment there yeah that's think of the long run and then I think that's kind of the goal right if you can get like better at just one little bit better every day if you can carve out like one thing every class or every session where I learned this today or I got better at this today you know all of those things add up over time and if you, you put can, in the time yeah you can make more than one adjustment a day I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying do just one mm-hmm. but I mean if you can do at least at one, least one yeah <clears throat> then you're getting better doing things better well, definitely. Rapid fire questions. Sounds good. All right. All Matt's right. got a bunch of crazy right. questions he wants so, to ask you. So we just have a few questions here. Rapid fire questions. Ooh. All right. Okay. What's your favorite designer steroid? Designer steroid? <laughs> uh, eye drops. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. First question. Favorite food? Favorite food? Sushi. Yeah. Pizza. I'll take that back. Pizza, pizza over pizza. sushi. New York pizza. Depends on what Oh, I'm yeah. Like. New York right. pizza. If you guys ever come to Enzo's, there's this one place. They do the grandma slices. Yeah, yeah. Fire. Anyways. Okay. Least favorite food? Um, Insect. Bugs. You've eaten bugs? Never. <laughs> How do you know you don't like it? Because they're making... The, because... Good point. Good point. Something that I've tried that I didn't like. Yeah. Man, I'm a dirty bug. I'll eat anything. You'll eat anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Any um, vegetables you don't like? Any vegetables I don't like? No, man. Broccoli, maybe? You don't like broccoli? Broccoli's awesome. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Okay. okay. Who's your favorite grappler? Favorite grappler? Gordon Ryan. Gordon Ryan? Yeah, man. You saying that because so he's, he's your boy? beast, man. <laughs> Honestly, I think I have to say Gordon Ryan, too. The guy's so fucking awesome. He's beast, man. Yeah. He's a good. What about your favorite rule set? Oh, uh, ADCC, man. Yep. I like it better. It's not the one that I... That, that it, it, 
I was saying that because I want it to be my favorite and like force myself to be really good at it too. Yeah, it's, it's like the better. pure rule set that applies for all grapplers. For me, ADCC. <laughs> I, it's funny, ADC, sorry, just to take a, a break from the questions, ADCC used to be like a place where all different grapplers came, all different backgrounds, and now you look at ADCC, it's like, well, they're all jujitsu guys who have like really sick wrestling. Yeah. You don't really see, it's kind of like MMA where you don't see like individual styles anymore. It's all a high level of jujitsu and then and someone's really good at leg lock. Someone's got, you know, you have to be good at wrestling yeah, if you're going to progress through the tournament, right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, EBI rules. Hate them or love them? Inter- I hate, I, I love them because they're entertaining. I hate them because sometimes it can be unfair. Combat jujitsu. What's your opinion on it? Bring EBI back. Me too. Bring EBI Fuck back. Fuck combat jujitsu. Yeah. How do you feel about Eddie Bravo saying that the Python move is illegal? You know, the, this one, where you cover the face with the mouth. Because uh, he, his whole thing is, you can't cover the face with your hand because it's the most dirty part of your body. What? Yet, you're slapping people in the face <laughs> with the dirtiest part of your body. This is the first time I've heard that. That is Yeah, he made it bizarre. illegal. How do, you, how do you feel about that? Um, I didn't know, but I think, I don't think it's going to change anything. If, if we're talking hygiene, man, you're rolling around. <laughs> every part of your body's touching. Yeah. It, you don't notice it because you just don't notice it. You're rolling. But anytime you have like little pain somewhere in your body, you notice how much it's getting touched yeah, all the time. Yeah. Like your shin or I don't know, your, your bicep or something. Like, oh, fuck. I use this a lot. Like yeah. my calf muscle. I didn't yeah. know like it was using that much. Yeah, if, you're, if you're like a up. germaphobe or you're afraid of close contact, jiu-jitsu will cure you of that pretty quick. You get over <laughs> that pretty fast. 100%. <laughs> I think you made that rule because he doesn't want Wagner to keep beating his dudes. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. Who knows? I love the face cover personally. I mean, I, I know it's kind of a dick thing yeah. to do, but it's effective. It is effective. Uh, what are you afraid of? Ghosts. Yeah, you believe in ghosts? Yep. Well, Halloween's going to be rough. It's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> you believe in aliens? No. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yes, I do. Come on, we can't be alone here. Yeah. Okay. If your house was on fire and you only have chance to grab one possession, assuming you and your family and pets, everything's okay, what would you take home? Passport. Oh, yeah, because you got to travel. That makes sense. I can still move around, man. Passport, most prized possession. Favorite submission? High elbow guillotine. Oh, interesting. Ooh, interesting. Maybe, yeah. Least favorite submission? Um, least favorite. That's such a dumb question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> What's the least favorite submission that you got on someone? Uh, I don't know. Do you have one? Not really, no. You love Whatever it. I can get. Yeah, Whatever you can get. What about my favorite position? Uh, saddle. I need to do that. Oh, Taza Stomp. Did you invent that? No. Do you know what that is? No. That's weird because I've heard people refer – basically, imagine you're in the saddle with both legs, uh, right? foot over foot. Yeah, the prayer position. Uh, not even – but just like in one in front. Yeah, this one, the prayer position. Yeah. You didn't come up with that though because I refer to it as the Taza stomp because that's what I've heard it be. I learned it from, from – I think from Eddie. I'm not sure. Cummings? From Eddie, yeah. Foot over foot. Yeah, I think from Eddie. It was way back though. I've been yeah. doing that the whole time. I barely lock a triangle. Is Eddie kind of not spoken about anymore in the basement? Not really, man. Yeah. I think. It was kind of a falling out, eh? Yeah, yeah fall I don't really know what happened exactly, but... Yeah. Man, you know, people come and go. Exactly. Come and go. I understand you know. that. Yeah. Oops, sorry. I think just... Uh, okay. What's your dream matchup? Dream matchup. Right now, obviously, for me, would be JT. JT. Yeah. yeah the top dog. Top dog, man. 
Yeah. What? What if? What about as a spectator? What's a dream matchup? Oh, as a spectator yeah. for me to watch, I would have liked to see uh, JT and Canuto. Yeah. Have because, they fought before? No. Had had uh, I'm happy Gary won, obviously, but had he lost, it would have been Canuto and JT. I would. I would like to see that. I want to see like the pressure. Yeah. On top, I want to see if he can first of all get him on bottom, take him down. Um. And then after how he deals with the pressure, that would have been a good match, man. Yeah, dude. JT is like, I don't know. He just, he's so, so flawless. The guy's game is simple. Is, it's so simple too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Good pressure. Yeah. What about MMA? Any aspirations of ever doing MMA? Zero. Minus me too. Actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen Danaher roll? Yes. Really? Yeah. It's really ever, nice, man. Have you ever rolled with him? I haven't gotten the chance to. No. Well, he's a big, strong dude. Big, strong dude. Very technical. Very good. Yeah. Strong as fuck, apparently. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, when he demonstrates, he feels strong as fuck. Yeah. Does he crank things in demonstration? No. No, no. He doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. It's already tight as fuck when he gets it. Mechanics are so good, right? Mechanics are so tight. What's the craziest thing Danaher's ever done? Any stories? Man, I mean, he does crazy, crazy shit every day. He'll... He'll get like receive like knives, blades by mail, <laughs> and he'll just be slicing that on the mats like just after training, big ass blade, just cutting cutting paper. <laughs> <laughs> just like it. this is someone's throat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, after training, he'll have a big knife. He'll be staring at it for like 15, 20 minutes. You know, I'll go shower. I'll come back out. He hasn't moved. Just still looking at it. When I went to, he's a knife guy, eh? Like yeah, I always see. When I went to school, we had a guy like that, and he got expelled because he was a fucking psycho. Like that, <laughs> that is bizarre. Uh, wasn't it? Wasn't John? No, nah, it might have been. I don't know. <laughs> have you ever seen him without a rash guard? Have I ever seen? Him? Yes, actually, I've seen him wearing a shirt once. A uh, short sleeve shirt. It's amazing. Do you look weird? He looks weird. Yeah, yeah. It looks, it looks <laughs> weird. You used to see him in a rash guard. <laughs> okay. Uh, leg lock evolution. In your opinion, where is it going? Um, leg lock evolution. Yeah, like you've seen the new stuff coming out from Lachlan, and, and I've been talking to you a lot about like how, how he prefers 50-50 to the saddle. I know you seem to prefer the saddle a lot more, right? So yeah, like, like more as a, for transitions. Because, I mean, listen, uh, Lachlan did amazing. He did great, obviously. But I think two of the matches, guys turned the wrong way. Yeah. Right? And th- those guys aren't really known for leg locks, right? They're not really known for defending leg locks. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, he did great. He still got to the leg, which is freaking impressive. You know what I mean? It's great. The two of them rolled the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, Kanan did a good job defending, actually. Um, that did, was that impressed me. That victory is he nuts. He was doing a good job. of. I was actually watching the match, and Kanan could have done one thing with his knee. I'll show you in a bit after the podcast. Could have done one thing. Could have relieved a lot of pressure off the knee. Yeah. Uh, just inside knee position, placing the knee on the inside. Yeah. Um, I watched. I watched. He had a nice video on Flow. Um, um, what he breaks down, what he did against Kinda. It's pretty sick. Pretty yeah. nice. You can kind of see. Um, kinda knew how to defend it, but he could have done a bit better. Had yeah. he maybe spent more time doing leg locks. You know, which is something people. I don't think they spend much time doing preparing for ADCC. Mm-hmm. It's mostly yeah. wrestling. Um. Yeah, the the result could have been a little different, but it's good, man. It's good. Uh, the evolution of leg locks. Yeah, somebody comes up with something new. Now we gotta work a bit more on fifty fifty. Yeah, tighten our shit up in fifty fifty definitely. Yeah. Um, and that's the way it is, man. People stay alert to what's going on at the highest level. Yeah, you know, stay up to date, work on it, try it out. 
be proactive, come up with, you know, solutions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Like yesterday, I did a full round with Mike Crisp in 50-50. It's good, eh? It wasn't fun, but... I know, it's not By fun. the end of I the round, I had a couple of extra things that I, 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 I like, comfortable doing. I was, I was rolling with him, and I was hitting that, like, uh, it's like, a, I guess it's the K-guard, like, from the, yeah. like, like, a Mantis, and I threw my leg over, and I, I swept him into 50-50, and then I'm like, fuck, what am I doing? Get out of here. <laughs> like, I don't want to be here with you. Because yeah, 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 yeah. that's, he, his eyes lit up as soon as we end there. I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck, this is your position, not mine, right? Yeah, so, yeah, no, I got some work to do from there. Good, man. At least, at least there you go. You know, you know, you got, you got some... Yeah, sharpening up to doing a fifty-fifty. Weed, yes or no? Yes, big man. Mushrooms, yes or no? Yes. Guns, yes or no? I mean, nothing against them. I don't have guns, but uh, I've been shooting once. It's fun, you know. If if I'm gonna go shooting, it's gonna be hunting. I'm gonna keep whatever I kill to eat. That's something I'm really I want to do one day. Have you hunted before? Never. I'd yeah, love me neither. To. I'd like to as well. Yeah, go hunt a boar or something. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, fishing here you guys fish oh, fishing have, is big great fishing here yeah, yeah yeah. b-boy Alex actually fished something we ate it was fresh as hell it was oh, so wow. good what was it salmon salmon yeah what's your favorite fish salmon yeah yeah nice tuna yeah. like raw tuna raw tuna yeah. I like that too yeah these two uh, salmon yeah. and tuna any allergies none ghee <laughs> nice nice <laughs> any pets uh, not mine. My sister has a little dog. I love dogs. I love dogs, but I, I it's sad to see them. Like, if they're not being taken care of properly, like, oh, yeah. just they're being so bored, dependent, right? Just, yeah. you know, let them go, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Explain rolling with Gordon Ryan in one word. Uh, gas tank. No gas tank. You nope. gas out. I just gas oh, out, man. Like, he just gases you out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, after a couple of minutes, you know, keep up. You know what's funny? And I've had this conversation with a few people is, like, you watch Gordon fight, and he does things slow. Yeah. Like, he doesn't move with a lot of explosiveness. He's moving super slow. Smooth. And he, it's weird. He can do shit that's, like, that shouldn't work. You know, like when he's on someone's back, the way he just like slowly rear naked chokes someone, it's like, man, that shouldn't even fucking work. Like I, I try and get on someone's back. I struggle to get the finish sometimes. It's like the guy is so good and so strong that it's like he can make things work and do it mm-hmm. slowly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I wouldn't, ex- I wouldn't describe him as explosive where like okay. Nicky Rod is like all explosive, you know? Oh yeah, baby. Ex- explosive city. Um, yeah, man. Sometimes I like, ask going, Hey, what do you do from here? And I'll show him what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. I'm not having trouble. He's like, no, no, do that. Like, fuck, man. It was right in front of my eyes, and I never yeah. thought about it. Yeah, he's super intelligent. Like, I, like, I, I always, I've been pushing his uh, passing DVD a lot, and it's just like the way he teaches is really good. Yeah. Well, does he teach any half guard passes on the DVD? I don't know yet. I'm, st- I'm still working through it because it's like tons of material, right? But uh, yeah, he does pass the half guard. The half guard passing, yeah. man. He, that's yeah. That's been changing. That's what I'm working on right now. Yeah, nice. That's that's definitely I think something to go with, you know, defending leg locks, playing with leg locks. Yeah, that kind of style, that style. Of passing. Hey, Sonny, hey, you roll Sonny. with her? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, of is course. she good? She's she's all right, man. Yeah, she's not bad. Natalia. Yeah, Natalia is his girlfriend. Um, yeah, she's pretty good. She's decent. She yeah. trains. Yeah, she, she, she trains in there every day with you guys. Yeah, 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 she trains in pretty much every day. I mean, while I'm there, she was there. Maybe not every session, boss to the wall, uh, but she's training. She's there, man. Yeah. Cool. You ever train with Henzo? Never. Never. We've seen Henzo, though. We've seen him. Yeah. 
It's mostly Danaher. Yeah. I've, I've heard that the gym is like part of, like half of it is sort of the Danaher, like no gi squad. The other half is like the gi squad. Dude, there's a lot going on at Henzo's. There's upstairs, there's Muay Thai. Downstairs, there's a room for beginners. There's a room for uh, the advanced. In the daytime, you know, there's a lot of beginner classes. And then in uh, the daytime, noon, we have the other, the other mats for us. And then at night, it's a completely different crowd. There's so many different crowds depending on the mm-hmm. time and the day and... Cool. So we're almost done here. Yeah. Long-term goals in the sport, like comp- competition. Like, are you ever thinking about making a serious run in the gi? Doesn't sound like it. Or like fight <laughs> promotion or like like promoting like a tournament yourself mm. or owning a gym, something like that. Like, where owning, do you see yourself in 10, 15 yeah. years? Owning the gym, not yet because I'd rather collaborate with gyms. I'd rather work with gyms when I'm traveling around because working, having a gym, you got to be there. Your gym, you gotta be there, man. Right now, you have a gym. You tell me. I don't know. Do, you do. It, you have it, to be. It's a lot like of work. I, I've I've trained with people, or my old my old instructor. He had a bunch of gyms, and he was never at any of them. Yeah. And it was like an empire, and it fell right apart just because you have to be there. Otherwise, yeah, people yeah, people don't want to learn from like a purple belt, right? They want to learn mean. from from a. At least guy. in the beginning. At least in the beginning, you gotta be there. So gyms, no promotions. Yes, I believe like. I try to do things to help the sport grow as well. If I have that as a mission, like, all right, is this going to hurt the sport or is this going to help the sport? Bringing in a promotion, I think, definitely helps. Yeah. You know. I it, see, I've see. i seen you do promotion. Like, you sort of promote a tournament in Amsterdam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Trying yeah. to do that here. Yeah, cool. So, the guy in Amsterdam is super cool, super nice to work with. Um, the only thing is, um, it's different in North America and in Europe. The way... Obviously, the guys that are training jiu-jitsu in Europe value it a lot. A lot of guys drive hours to come and down mm-hmm. to see us. In North America, it's a little different. People, um, I wouldn't say... It's harder to get people together to do They value it a bit more, I think. There's a bit more value into it. Yeah. Um, in terms of... Well, I'll give you an example. Here's why I'm saying it. I'm saying it because like, if you look at gym memberships here, how much is it in general in, in BC? It's not cheap. It can, I mean, you can... For jiu-jitsu? Yeah. Probably like 150 to 200, depending yeah. on where you are. Okay, good. Nice. U.S., same thing. Mm-hmm. Europe, it's like 40, 50, and they're complaining. What? Yeah. How can you How can you possibly pay the bills? That so, right? I'm not looking to, to bash anybody. I love my European friends. I love all the guys that I trained with and met. They're super cool, and the, the proof is they came and supported my seminars and everything, but the general crowd, I'm talking about everybody, mm-hmm. it's still not... Um, they don't still value it the same way. Like, Got it. You know what I mean? And it, it just comes down to, all right, the people here are willing to pay 150 They They see the value. Uh, they're willing to pay that. There, it's still not there. So, yeah. um, trying to do it here, obviously, there's support. I'm, if I'm going to try to do something, I'm not going to be able to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. People are going to need athletes, going to need the, the crowd support, need the people to come down, need somebody to help us with promotion, help us with this, help us with that. But ultimately, you get more people involved. It helps the sport grow, right? Cool. So that's probably yeah, that's probably the long term goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what's next for you then. Is sort of what what is next for you? No you worlds. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Com- com- competing, obviously, competing, and then nice. slowly. It's 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 a long term project, man. It's I'm, I don't want to get anything. Nothing's gonna completely change in the next couple of weeks. I'm just gonna be doing the same thing, training, but on the side, you know, trying to grow. The, the other aspect of the game, you know, being more present, helping out, trying my best. 
to be honest, if I if I were to tell you, oh, this is exactly what I'm going to do, I'll be lying to you. I don't know. I'm just seeing where it takes me. Meeting people here, meeting people there, seeing the opportunities, cool. and then, boom, making a decision based on that. Yeah. Well, you made a good impression on uh, on Vancouver this week, for sure. Well, so, like vice versa. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, I mean, I'm out of questions here. Is there anyone you'd like to thank? Any sponsors? or? Uh, yeah, man, sponsors. There's Mizu Studio, of course, TriStar Gym, Hands of Gracie Academy, Physiomentum in Montreal. Uh, Scramble, Scramble Canada. Those are my main sponsors. Sweet. I'd like to thank that. Yeah. Awesome. Where can people find you online? Facebook Messenger, Oliver Taza. Obviously, I'll try to get back ASAP. And uh, Instagram, there's Taza Garami. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to be as present as possible in Canada. You know, obviously, there's training, but we can here, we can there. Anybody wants to, you know, train, link up, hit me up, see what we can do. Sweet. And yeah, I can uh, definitely say, uh, like, I'm sure you're available for seminars. And I definitely recommend anyone listening, if you want to bring a high level leg locker and just grappler in general, Oliver Taz is a really good choice. So thanks a lot for coming out. And uh, is there anything you got to say? No, it was a pleasure. Looking forward to training tonight. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, guys. Got to eat for it, don't we? Yeah, let's go do that. All right. Take care. Take care. Safe. So that concludes the interview with Oliver. Oliver, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Hope everyone enjoyed this chat. If you want more BJJ Mental Models, you can go to bjjmentalmodels.com where you'll find more podcast episodes plus our online database of mental models. You can also go to bjjmentalmodels.com slash store where you can buy our patches and our t-shirts. We really appreciate it when you do because it helps support the show. Additionally, you can go to bjjmentalmodels.com slash join where you can sign up for our mailing list. We'll send exclusive information that you won't get anywhere else. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.